Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're going to go over to the Hammerhead Hotline right now. Brian Tonsoni is on here from uh, Delphi Bracketology, a, uh, I don't Brian, what do you call it, a scrappy group of uh, young people who have dared to defy all of these bracketology quote-unquote experts and come up with their own bracket. And you guys have been darn good at it over the last several years, haven't you? Well, yeah, thank you. Um, we, we've had some success uh, in the last uh, six or seven years, and it's a credit to, to our students. It's a credit to the staff that we have working. It's just a whole lot of fun. And it's amazing how good you guys have gotten at this over the last several years. That's why we have you on here as we hit the Big Ten Men's Basketball Tournament, which is starting tonight. I know we already got a couple of conference tournaments that have crowned uh, winners here. So a couple of teams in, and I know that's going to continue to adjust your uh, bubble, which features uh, a couple of Big Ten teams. So as we go into tonight, uh, obviously there's nobody in this uh, first round of games tonight in the Big Ten that should be on the bubble but once we get into tomorrow, there are a couple of teams that should be on the bubble in the Big Ten. Indiana, uh, Michigan should be there. Um, I, I don't know where you guys have Michigan State at right now, as uh, whether in or out, but uh, still a, a couple of compelling matchups here. Let's start with those uh, Big Ten bubble teams here. Uh, who is in right now and who is out out of those three? Yeah, Michigan State's in, and we think they're they're safely in at 20 and 11, and they have enough of the the quad wins that we look at. Uh, they're probably either an eight or a nine, and maybe could slip to a 10. So I think they're in, even with a loss. Uh, to be honest, Michigan, on the other hand, has been in and out of our bracket. We currently have them as an 11 seed, not in the play-in game, but they're like our fifth one from being eliminated because they just have a lot of losses at 17 and 13. Uh, their schedule, their metrics, and their quad wins are all acceptable. But uh, And then Indiana is in our first uh, four out, uh, and we think that they have the weaker of the resume between Michigan and Indiana. And Thursday's game, uh, the winner is still going to be in discussion. Um, I, I think if, if Michigan wins, I think they're going to be in. Uh, if Indiana wins, they're in the discussion, uh, and they're going to need some help. Uh, and then whoever wins that game, Jared, if they also defeat Illinois, that is almost going to assure a bid uh, if that 8-9 winner can go ahead and defeat the number one. I think that speaks volumes for those bubble teams. I think that's the big one that uh, fans of the Big Ten will be watching to see whether or not they're in, they're out, and I, I, I agree with you right there. I mean, uh, it's a tall task to go and, and beat Illinois. Um, yeah. I don't know if one is uh, better suited than the other to do that, but yeah, I got to think if you get two wins either out of Indiana or Michigan, that should put them squarely in there. But um, yeah, I, I got to think Indiana's the 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 tighter of those two, too, right? And and they're watching for some of these uh, bubble games as well. Uh, early on, I'm sure the Bellarmine win and them not going to the tournament. Uh, I, I don't know how that affects them, but you know that's that's what you're looking for as an IU fan, right? How many of these uh, conference tournament teams are the, the top seeds that are making it in yeah. and uh, not sneaking those at-large bids? So far, how's that looking for Indiana? Yeah, there have been no bid thieves. And what bid thieves are is if you're a conference leader right now and you have a really good record where you would be selected if you got beat, um, if that happens, you lose in the conference tournament, you're now an at-large team. That takes away from uh, an at-large team that has been considered all year. There has been none of those to date the Bellarmine thing is interesting because uh they won but the winner of the regular season gets to go as an automatic qualifier so that win really didn't help indiana's cause uh it's just a rule of the ncaa that they 
aren't allowed it's to play so in the first dumb. two years. So dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And so that conference still gets a bid. Um, so that doesn't help Indiana. I think there are three teams that Indiana fans really need to, to root against, and that's Notre Dame, SMU, and Wake Forest. All, all of those resumes are similar to Indiana, and if you want to make an argument for Indiana, those teams losing and Indiana winning tomorrow would put Indiana in a better position um, uh, to, to get in. So as of right now, uh, how many teams do you think get in from the Big Ten, Brian? I think um, we have oh, I'm, my math, I think we have uh, eight teams in counting Michigan. Okay, that seems about It'd right there. It'd be the there. top eight seeds in the in the tournament um, being in, and uh, I think I think it'll either be eight or, or seven. Um, it's seven if Indiana wins but doesn't get included and loses to Illinois. If Michigan wins, it'll be eight, uh, and that game tomorrow morning is really huge. I've seen a lot of uh, people that do, do this stuff here uh, start to talk about how these conference tournaments are uh, very important for teams like Indiana, like Michigan, that are on the bubble. But for teams like, uh, you know, Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, squarely in the field, this doesn't seem to do a lot for their seed line. Is is that something that you would uh, agree with? Yes, we do. Um, we've made that mistake in the past. And in our one down year uh, in this bracket matrix, Purdue got beat early in the Big Ten, and Kansas was below them and went on to the championship game. So we flipped Kansas and Purdue thinking that mattered. And when the seeding came out, Purdue was still where we thought they were going to be prior to the Big Ten tournament. I think a lot of it, Jared, has to be the committee is meeting yesterday, today, and they're going to start voting uh, on the teams getting in at the top. And once they vote them in, they'll take an hour or two and they'll seed them. So by tonight, Wednesday night, and definitely by tomorrow night, they're going to have an idea of what their seed lines, one, two, three, four, and five, are probably going to look like. So the conference tournament at the top, doesn't really matter as a whole lot unless you find two teams where the margin of difference is so razor thin that they're willing to make a contingency bracket because there's so much uh, into who goes where and what location that going into Sunday morning, they're not going to have 18 different scenarios based on who gets to the Sunday championship game and who doesn't, who wins it and all of that. Uh, so, so yes, we agree with that. We think that we're going to make our decisions tonight in our big scrub meeting, and we're going to have some contingencies of those teams that are really tight. And other than that, we're not going to move a lot until you get down to the 8, 9, 10, 11. And those decisions are made by the committee Friday night and Saturday night where the conference tournaments can make an impact. Um, so there's always an outlier. We, we say that now, and Purdue wins the championship and moves from a 3 to a 2. Uh, we're going to be upset about that. But that has been the, the track history recently. Brian, what what would you put the odds of them then? You, you said you have them at a three right now. It would probably take them winning the conference championship to move up to a two, but even now you don't feel like that would be, even if they do win, it's it's yeah. not likely unless something happens on that two seed line where somebody loses maybe like their opening game or something like that. Maybe Purdue can sneak its way right. up there. But it's got to be one of those bottom two two seeds, I would think. Yeah, I, I think um... – if, if the committee votes today and likes Purdue as a two, they're going to stay as a two. If today the committee thinks they're a three, Purdue, regardless, is probably going to be at a three. Is there an argument, Jared, for Purdue as a two? Yes, there is. You look at the reveal, they were seventh overall, a two seed in the reveal, uh, and they were ahead of Villanova, and they were ahead of Tennessee. So if that continues, that kind of philosophy continues inside the committee room, 
the four buzzer beater losses are, are something that we'll look at. All of that could play a, a point where somebody could vote Purdue higher early in the committee room. And that's where Purdue is a two seed, where they're a three seed is their metrics. In the last six or seven games, they've played a lot of close games. They've lost a couple. They've dropped uh, down to a 13 net, and, and their strength of schedule is not as good as the other teams. So that's what's probably going to keep them a three. My guess is they're a three. And for the Purdue fans, I'm not sure that's not that bad of an idea because if they're the first three, they get to go to Chicago. If they're the second three, they might go to Chicago or they're going to be in Philadelphia they're going to be closer to home. If you're the fourth seed, fourth number two seed, you're out west and you have to match up with Gonzaga in the Elite Eight if you get that far. So I, I don't know that it's a bad thing for Purdue fans to, to sit at the one or two spot in the three seed line. Now, especially after watching uh, uh, Gonzaga brave that WCC tournament uh, over the last uh, week. I mean, just really heroic stuff out of them to be able to do that. I don't know if that's a team you want to face. I'm being sarcastic, by the way, because I think that I think that whole conference thing is a, that they do over there is a joke. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Brian, who who are? Give me a couple of teams uh, this year. Maybe not necessarily in the Big Ten, but give me a couple of teams that are causing you fits on where to put them seed wise, and, and explain to me why it's so difficult to figure out where they fall in the hierarchy here. Yeah, Alabama. Uh, Alabama has some great wins. They have seven quad one, six quad two, but they have. 12 losses overall, and unless they win the conference tournament, they're going to end up with 13. Those numbers say they're a four seed or a five seed, but then you look at their metrics, and they're 28 in the net, uh, and they have those 12 losses. So half of it is outstanding, and half of it is okay, and where does that go? Um, So Alabama is one we're going to really try to discuss. In fact, the three teams in the SEC, Arkansas, Alabama, LSU, kind of fit that mode. Iowa is another one with only two quad one wins, but great offense and defensive efficiency numbers that they're sitting at 15 in the net. Uh, their, their quad wins say seven, eight, nine. Their net says four or five. And, and so we're going to have to try to come up with some sort of formula to be consistent in our picks and then hope that matches up to what's going on in the committee room. Uh, historically, with that committee room there, and, and you talk about, like, pick Iowa, you said the, the great – uh, metrics there, but uh, the resume says maybe it's a little bit lower based on you know the wins and stuff. What usually wins out there? Have, have you found uh, it, which way the committee might kind of put more emphasis on when they determine the seed as opposed to something else? Yeah, we have all the information from the last six years on a spreadsheet, and we'll spend some time tonight trying to answer that question, to be honest with you. I think what happens is you have to win games to be selected, and then the metrics matter in seeding. That's that's the quick answer to your question without going into some long data thing that would bore everyone. But uh, <laughs> I, I think Iowa's in because they've won some games and, and they're okay winning. They might get a, a higher seed than their wins show because they've played well on the court. Uh, and, and we think a 15 net is likely to get a, a five, six, seven seed historically, uh, regardless of what their quad one wins or quad two wins uh, are. It's the only time I tolerate math here in March when we're crunching all these numbers here. It's the only time I like it. <laughs> Brian Donsoni, Delphi Bracketology. Okay, Brian, I know you guys got the, the stuff on YouTube. You guys got the ISC show and stuff like that. So for fans that are gearing up for Selection Sunday, they want to see your predictions and stuff. Okay, where can they go? When should they be going there? 
Yeah, we're going to put out a, a bracket, probably a, a seed list, um, which is just a list of the teams and seeds, and then a, a bracket uh, with the matchups probably Friday afternoon. That is always subject to change. We will put something out. Uh, we have to have something finalized by Sunday at 530. So the final bracket with any contingency changes will be on our website, DelphiBracketology.com. And, and on that main page, you can either go to the seed list or to the, the bracket. We also have some conference tournament capsules there. If you want a quick look at a, a Big Ten bracket and who we pick in that, that's available as well. But that's, the, that's where we're going to do things. Uh, we have our meeting tonight, and, and, and I will shout this out because it, it doesn't happen until it happens, but we may be on, on uh, uh, some uh, sports uh, news somewhere in Indiana this evening mm-hmm. um, or tomorrow. I don't know if they're going live or taping it, but uh, we have some, some guests coming to our um, house tonight or my house and for our meeting tonight. Uh, you can check in on what we do. And then we're always available on Twitter. We're answering a lot of questions. Most of them are really good. Every once in a while, a, a Sally or someone will jump on there and, and not like our decisions. But uh, we're glad to answer any and all questions about the process or where teams are. And the Twitter handle is at Delphi Brackets. My favorite part, I, again, we were joking about it before we went on the air. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Brian, uh, uh, part of the uh, Assembly Call podcast and, and, and that whole thing there, and people were accusing you of uh, being Purdue bias uh, against IU uh, in your uh, seating, which is uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, I dig that. Yeah, and Jared, you know, um, I have a lot of respect for uh, Chris Foreman and, uh, and the men's basketball program and Purdue University for what they've allowed our bracketology uh, group to do with some, some media access and things like that. So the rivalries on the court, uh, the respect is, is, is real deep for when you help people out. It, it's, it's pretty cool. So uh, I hope no IU fans are hearing that. I'll get some more bad Twitter <laughs> stuff. But uh, there goes, there I, I, goes mean, the I mean that sincerely. The, the Purdue has been outstanding in, in, in this. So we, we hope they get the seed that everyone wants. Well, we'll all be watching, and uh, we'll be uh, keeping our fingers crossed for you, buddy. And then uh, hopefully, you guys, uh, another you know top ten bracket in the country would be fantastic. And then, well, I don't know what you're going to do all summer, but uh, I'm going to be sure that there's not going to be a lot of math involved. Absolutely none, unless it's <laughs> counting calories. <laughs> Brian Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology again. Check out the website. Uh, follow along. They're going to do a great job prepping you for Selection Sunday. Just want to see some local kids. Uh, hit it big here on the national scene. Brian, hey, it's been a pleasure having you on here all season. You've done a tremendous job. Love everything you guys are doing over there. Keep up the good work. Okay, thanks.